So good to be with our Victory Center Church family here today. What an exciting time it is to be around. Amen. And uh, appreciate your faithfulness for being here. Appreciate your faithfulness in your giving. Our best days are ahead of us. Anybody agree with that today? Amen. Before we dive into the scriptures, you might go ahead and get your Bible out, get your device out, however you choose to follow along today. I do believe that we have a word in season for us here. The Lord's going to speak mildly something to all of us here as a church today. But I was reminded, you know, here we are last of October, last Sunday of October. Hard to believe. November. Man, we're just a few weeks away from Thanksgiving. Anybody ready for some good old apple pie and some turkey and some dressing? And right around Christmas time, it's always amazing how fast the time does go. And, you know, I, I, I don't know, if, uh, you know, state fairs, those are usually in September and October, but I was reminded of a story I heard of a couple. Uh, his, his name was Morris, and he had his wife, Esther. But Morris and his wife, Esther, went to the state fair every year. And every year, Morris would say to Esther, Esther, See that helicopter over there? I would sure like to ride in that helicopter. Well, Esther, she would always reply, well, you know, Morris, that helicopter ride is $50. And you know, $50 is $50. One year, Esther and Morris went to the fair, and Morris said, you know, Esther, I'm 85 years old. I'm not getting any younger. And if I don't ride that helicopter, I may never get another chance. She said, Esther said, Morris, I know you want to ride that helicopter, but you know, $50 is $50. Well, the pilot of the helicopter happened to overhear Morris and Esther's conversation. So the pilot went up to them and said, listen, I'll make you a deal. I will take you for a helicopter ride. And if you do not scream, if you'll keep your mouth shut, I will give you a free helicopter ride. said, but if you say anything while we're riding that helicopter, it's going to be $50. So Morris looked at Esther. Esther looked back and said, okay, let's give it a try. So they got in the helicopter, the pilot took him up. I mean, he did all kinds of turns and nooks and crannies, just all kinds of stuff, and not a word. They got down on the ground, and the pilot turned around and looked at Morris and said, Wow, I can't believe you didn't say a word. Morris said, Well, you know, he said, I thought about saying something when Esther fell out, but, <laughs> but you know, $50 is $50. <laughs> Grab your Bible. It's good to laugh in church, isn't it? Amen. Good to laugh. In fact, just look at your neighbor right quick and laugh at him for just a second there, you know. (laughs) Some of y'all, that's pretty easy. (laughs) Let's do a bow our heads one more time, and let's dive into the Scriptures here today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, for this time we're having with you this morning in this service today. Lord, we felt your presence so strongly here in this place. And Lord God, I thank you that you you are here We don't come together here just to pass the time. We don't come together just to do church. But, Lord, we come together here today to walk with you, to to go deeper with you, Lord God, to surrender to you, Lord Jesus. Father, this is not about a religion. This is all about a relationship. And, Father, as we come together now centered around the Word of God, I, I would ask this, Lord God, that you would just give us the eyes to see what you want us to see today. Give us the ears to hear, specifically what you want us to hear for the season of life that we're in. And Lord, just as importantly, give us the ability to wrap our mind around the principle that we'll talk about here today, that we may apply it to our life, that we may take another step of faith with you in this beautiful journey that you've brought us together in. In your name we pray, and everybody say it with me. Amen and amen. I want you to open up your Bibles with me here, the book of Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, and Pastor Margaret 
uh, brought a great message uh, last week just talking about living a blessed life. I've entitled this message here today, Living a Generous Life. Look at your neighbor beside you and tell him, God wants you to live a generous life. Here we are as a church, 10 months past one of the biggest moments that's ever happened to us as a church as a whole, as our senior pastor, Pastor Charlie, transitioned into his heavenly home. So for the last 10 months, we have been in a new season here at Victory Center Church. And I'm as I stand on the stage here today, as I look back over the 10 months that we have been continuing on in the, the fight of faith, the, the journey of expanding and building the kingdom of God, I, I just want to just give you a little bit of a, a testimony. God's been good in this. You know, the journey that we've been on is no journey that we ever would have chosen to go on, but I want you to know God's been good in it all. As we look back, you know, I've been in full-time ministry ever since November of 1977, I feel like, 45 years ago. When mom and dad started this church, I was only 10 years of age. I know when I say that, some of you are like, wow, you're really making me feel old. And I enjoy that because I'm now 55 years of age. And so, you know what, I'm not feeling that young anymore. But anyway, so for 45 years, we've seen God do a great work here in Guyman, Oklahoma. In the last 10 months, I have seen him do a great work here in Guyman, Oklahoma at Victory Center Church. Because in all my years of ministries, I've seen a lot of transitions take place from one pastor to another, from one season to another. And I tell you what, I could probably almost count on one hand, maybe two hands, the amount of those transitions that took place like Victor Centers has, just suddenly like that, this happened well. You know, and as we look back over the 10 months, it hadn't been perfect, but God's been good. God's been good through it all. In fact, I think we just need to pause for a moment, and let's just give the Lord some thanks for the last 10 months. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Come on, just give the Lord some thanks with me. Father, we thank you and we praise you for your grace that's been upon us here over these last 10 months, Lord God. Father, we are so gracious, and we do recognize that it is you. It is not man, but it is you that has brought us through, that has walked us through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord God. Father, you have been faithful. You have been good. And, Lord, we recognize you here today, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, come on, just give him some praise. Now, come on, give him some praise in this place today. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I just want to dive into just a simple thought here this morning because for us to successfully walk in all that the Lord has for us as a church, it's going to take every one of us doing our part. In fact, I need you to look at somebody beside you and tell them you've got to do your part. We are on a mission here as a church to build the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And we've talked a lot lately about what the kingdom of God looks like. Pastor Margaret has been ministering on that quite a bit lately, but we, we have a mission we have a mission. We're not here just to attend a Sunday morning service. I want you to understand that. We as a church have a mission for this region of Oklahoma primarily, but it is a global, it is a worldwide mission that involves each and every one of us. And I want to dive into this story. One of my favorite stories here in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25, this is a great chapter, and I would encourage you to go through and read it at some point, all the chapter, because it begins at the, uh, at the beginning of chapter 25, where Jesus tells the parable of the ten bridesmaids. They're just how, basically, the theme of that, you, you, you better be ready. We've got to be ready. We've got to be prepared. Amen? You know, the longer that I live, I'm like, you know what? I don't see how this world can keep going on like it's going on. Anybody with me here today? I mean, it was, I think we'd be, we better be ready for, I don't know if the Lord's going to come back today. I kind of doubt it today, but, you know. Uh, you know, mom, she's always believed he's coming back today, so she's still believing he's coming back today. So if I'm wrong, I'm going to look at mom as we're going up and say, I guess I was wrong, wasn't I? But anyway, you know, we got to be prepared. I mean, everybody say, I'm prepared. And then it goes into a second parable. It's the parable of three servants that I want to look at here in just a moment. 
And really the theme of this is that all could, but not all would. All could, but not all would. Church, we here together today with all of us, we all can, but not all will. But I hope that more are moving to the can instead of the nots, right? Of course, then it ends with Matthew chapter 25 and the final judgment, where basically the theme of that is, did you live your life for others? I want you to know that what we're doing here today, this is not about us. There's a broader big picture. It's about building the kingdom of God. Amen. So I want us to dive into that center parable in Matthew chapter 25. I know some of y'all know this, but I'm going to read the entire parable here. So I just really, if you got your Bibles, how many of y'all got your Bible today? Come on, if you got your Bible, all right. If you got your device, I, I'm just, let me take a quick poll here because this is just something that I've just been stirring in my heart lately. I, let, let me just, again, be honest with me. How many of y'all got a paper Bible before you right now? Let me see hands with paper Bibles. Okay, how many of y'all got a digital form of your Bible, a digital form? I don't know, that's probably, I don't know if that's quite half, probably 60-40, probably digital over the 40, okay. This is just something the Lord's just been stirring in me. The Lord's been, uh, and it's not proof in what I got today because I got my iPad, but in my devotion time, the Lord's taking me back to my paper Bible, just taking me back to the roots of that. So uh, that's, that's for another thing. That's between you and God. So I love technology. I preach with an iPad, but my personal study time, I'm going back to that. So I'm just kind of, I've been filling this out with people. What do you use? What's the Lord doing in your life? But anyway, so Matthew chapter 25, let's pick up this story in verse 14. Matthew 25, verse 14, I'm going to read another New King James Bible here today. It says this, for the kingdom of heaven, everybody say the kingdom of heaven. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. So if you've got a Bible or that you can highlight your digital device, underline or circle that, delivered his goods to them. Delivered his goods to them. Let's go on. Verse 15, to one he gave, come on, how many talents? Everybody help me out. Five talents. To another what? Two. To another what? One. To each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made, everybody help me out, what? Another five talents. And likewise, he who had received the two gained two more also. Verse 18. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground. He hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought back, what? Five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Hey, look, I have gained Five more talents besides them. Verse 21. And his Lord said to them, look at this. Everybody say this part with me. Well done, good and faithful servant. Let me continue on. He says, you are faithful in over a few, over a few things. He said, I will make you ruler, though, over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Verse 22. And also who had received, he who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. Verse 23, his Lord said to him, look at this. Everybody say it with me. Well done, good, faithful. Okay, let me continue on. He says, you have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Verse 24, then he who had received the one talent. Everybody just give me a hiss, like ooh, hiss. The one who received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you had been a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. Verse 25, I was afraid. I was afraid and went and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. And he gave back the one talent. Verse 26. Now look at the master's response here. But his Lord answered and said to him, with the guy with the one talent guy, you wicked and you 
lazy. Come on, look at your name and tell them, don't be lazy. You wicked and you lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown. You gather where I have not scattered seed. Verse 27, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Verse 28, so now take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. Verse 29, forever to everyone... For to everyone, now if you can highlight or circle this, if it's not already in your Bible, for to everyone, to who? Come on, everybody say everyone. To everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have, coming out with what? Abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. That's a powerful verse right there. Now look at this, (laughs) verse 30. This is pretty harsh. Cast the unprofitable servants into the outer darkness, and there will be, come on, say it with me, the final parts of this, will be what? Weeping and gnashing. Woo! Powerful passage. Powerful parable. I could teach on this parable for several weeks. So let me see with the few moments that we have together remaining if I can just really drill down on some things that I believe the Lord wants me just to unpack for us here as a congregation of Victory Center. It's the parable of the talents. Many things we can dive into this. There's just three simple points that I want to leave with you. And again, I could give you a whole mess more. But the first thought that I want to just talk about for just a moment is this. Kingdom living is about stewardship. Everybody say stewardship. Stewardship, right? Now, if we go back to the first part of that parable there, the very first verse in verse 14, it says that the master delivered his goods to them. His goods. If you go back and if you study this passage of scripture, that word there, goods, in the original Greek language, it means this. It means property or possessions. The master had property, had possessions, and he delivered unto his servants his, his goods, right? His goods. Now, let me give you a term. You're probably pr- pretty familiar with it, but this is what we call this situation that Jesus sets up in this story where you have a master had some goods, he hands it to somebody else to take care of those goods. That's what we call stewardship. Stewardship. So stewardship, actually, just give, let me give you just a little bit of definition here. The word steward in the original Greek language means this. It is a manager of a household or, a house, or of a household affairs. Let me say that again. The definition, the Greek definition of this is the manager of household or of household affairs, the manager of something. Now, the, the English definition for steward is this. It is a person who manages the property or affairs for another entity, Okay. Uh, one of the other translations of the Bible says this, one put in charge as a manager. Now, you may be saying, Pastor Brad, how does that relate to me? Now, every one of us here, we need to understand this principle that if you love God and you are the children of God, and how many of y'all love God today? Let me hear you. Come on, how many of y'all laid your life down and made Jesus your Lord and Savior and you're excited about it? Let me hear you. Amen. Amen. Come on. We're, we are Christ followers in this place. We love God. God's the center of our life. Then Jesus, the parable that he tells here, this is really in the big picture of this. This is the story of us. It's a story of you. It's a story of me. Because how many of y'all know that God up in heaven, he's got all the goods that is needed, right? 
In fact, it's over in Peter that says he's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. All things, everything that we need to live this life, we have been given. So in reality, let me just make a statement in this, that we are owners of nothing but stewards of all. Because if we are the followers of Christ, then everything that I have is not truly mine. It's Christ. It's God's, right? Come on, I am, I am an owner of nothing, but I'm a steward of it all. Because everything that I have is ultimately God's, right? Come on, I am an owner of nothing, but steward of it all. So when we think about the master delivering the goods, the goods, what goods has God bestowed upon you? What goods, what, what do you have? Every one of us, we've got stuff. We've got things in our life. In fact, I can classify our life into five T's, T's. You know, T-U-V, the, the letter T. T, you think about the T's, the five things that I can, we can sum up everything in this. How many of you know we've been given time? Come on, there's a set amount of time. Come on, we live by the what? The clock. We live by the calendar. It's all about time, right? There'll never be more time. There'll never be less time. We all got time. We all got time up on this earth. Do you realize that is something, a gift from God that we've been given? How well you steward your time? You've also been given a talent. Yeah. Come on, how many of y'all are glad that not every one of y'all out there was up here on the worship team singing today? Because how many of y'all know there's some people that can sing and there's some people that can't sing? Come on, I know some of y'all can sing, but some of y'all can sing on a hill far away, if you know what I mean, yeah? Come on, the only tune that you could carry if it was in a bucket. Come on, anybody like anybody relate to that? Yeah. In other words, we've all been given talents. Even David recognized it in the scriptures. He says, I was fearfully and I was wonderfully made. I like where it says, Jeremiah, he knit me together in my mama's womb. In other words, I've got gifts and I've got talents inside of me that are different than the gifts and the talents that you've got inside of you. But my talents, my gifting is something that God gives me. Now, I am a steward of that talent, right? The same way we see in the principle of the, the, the stewards of the five, the two, the one. Now, I've come to realization in my life, you know, there are some five talented people. Anybody know those people that are just uber talented? I used to think for a lot of my life, most of my life, I used to think that God didn't play favorites. But I went and look at some of these guys, and I'm like, man, I'm not sure if I believe that philosophy anymore. Because there's some people that are really talented out there, right? You know, but you look at the, going back to the story there, the, the talents. One guy got five talents, one guy got two talents, one guy got one talent. But the key that verse we miss so many times is that the master gave them according to their ability. In other words, the guy that got the five talents, the master looked at him and said, hey, you could handle five talents. He looked at the guy with the two talents and said, you know what, you can't handle five, but you can handle two. The guy with the one, he said, you know, you can't handle five, you can't handle two, but at least you can handle one. What would happen to the five talents if he would have gave it to the guy with the one talent? He would have lost it all. What would happen to the five guy talent if you'd only be given one talent? He would have made at least five more because he had a capacity. There is a capacity level that each and every one of us that we have in our life. And I would dare to say majority of us do not live at our level of capacity. Okay? So time, we've got our talents. All right? You know what else we have? We've got our treasure. Your treasure. Your treasure, what's your treasure? Your treasure, your money. Come on, how many of y'all know loving God's fun? Coming to church is fun. But how many of y'all know you've got to have some moolah? To live in this life, right? Come on, how many of you know you can't go to the gas station after church, fill your car up, and just say, hey, you can buy your gas off your good looks? Come on, how many of y'all know when you go in there to pay that cashier, you just can't pray in the spirit for five minutes? I hear I'm going to pray in the spirit. You know? No, they're like, you can pray in the spirit, but give me some money, right? So we've been given treasure, right? Uh, the fourth one I'll just give you right quick here. We also have what 1 Corinthians chapter 9 says, the temple of the Holy Spirit, the temple, our temple. Our temple, our body. 
right? I remember talking to one guy, and he said, if I realized that I was going to live this long, he said, I'd take a whole lot better care of myself. Come on, this body, this is something we've got to steward. Anybody realize, man, you've got to take care of this body, right? And the 50, there I'll just give you, and this is a whole other message, it's our testimony. Do you realize you have a story that only you can tell? And people around this area, they need to hear your story. Because if you love Jesus, man, you're excited about it. Why not tell the story, right? So let me go back here. That's just some side notes there. To the, that's not where I really wanted to drive in today. But we've all been given some. We've all been given goods. This is about stewardship. Our life is about stewardship. And it's the understanding that if we can just shift our perspective to understand this, because, see, when you look at the story here that we just read in Matthew chapter 14, there's two types of stewards. Which one are you? Now, we see the three guys here. There's two of them that were faithful, ones that were faithful. Everybody say faithful. What does it mean to be faithful? Faithful means to be relied upon. It means to be consistent. Faithfulness means that you're always showing up. That you're showing up being faithful. I believe that Pastor Charlie was a tremendous example of faithfulness to us. I remember five years ago when he was celebrating the 40th year of the church and all the significant things, I remember calling him up and I said, hey, you know, this is pretty cool. I mean, you're, uh, I guess he would have been at 75 at the time, you know, church was turning 40, all these significant events. And I remember asking him, I said, you know, this is unusual for a pastor to be at the same church for that many years. I can't tell you any pastor that's been at the same church for that many years in the same community. What a miracle. And I remember asking him, I said, how in the world, because I've, I've been pastor for several years, like, how do you put up with all the mess of the people? You know, I'm like, oh, this is crazy. I'm like, I'm ready to quit back then. You know, I asked him, I said, how did you do this? You know, and, and Pastor Charlie Fashion, he just kind of hem-hawed for a few moments, and he just said this. He said, you know what, I just kept showing up. <laughs> just kept showing up. You know what that is? That's a definition of faithfulness right there. Two types of steward. There's the faithful, and there are the unfaithful. There's the faithful and there are the unfaithful. Now, before I leave that thought real quickly here, going back to this parable of the talents, the guy got the five, guy got the two. The reward for the five-talent guy is given in verse 21. The reward for the two-talent guy is given in verse 23. You know what's cool about verse 21 and verse 23? It's the same verbiage, exact same reward. Word for word, it is the very same, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over much. The very same reward. This is what is exciting to me. Not about how much I get. It's about what I do with what I got. Come on, it's not about how much you've gotten. It's about what, how much. See, in, 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 in America here, and even in church life, we, we fall into this trap of comparison. I don't have that car. I don't have that house. I don't have that job. I don't make as much money as they do. <laughs> Come on, it's not about what you don't have. It's about what you're doing with what you do have. Amen? Come on, you may not be super talented to be able to get up and sing and play like the worship team out there, but what do you have? Do you have the ability to stand at a door and shake a hand? Do you have the ability to change a diaper? Woo! Come on, we're preaching now. What are you doing with what you got? Because, see, there's a reward in faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is the key. Faithfulness is our responsibility. There is a reward in faithfulness. I've had to cross this barrier. You know, for years I used to listen to Stephen Furtick. I mean, I know there's Stephen Furtick. People like to listen to him. Some people hate him. I don't know if you're a lover or a hater. But I used to listen to him like, man, I wish I could preach like that. Man, I just, ah, you know, and you'd listen to this. I'm like, oh, man, I wish I was that good. You know, I've had to come to a realization in my life. I may not be a five-talent guy, but, man, I've got at least maybe two talents. 
So I need to get my eyes off the five talents that somebody else has got and to pay attention to the two talents that I've got. Be faithful to what God has given me. Let me tell you, church, this is something we've got to understand. You've got to be faithful to what God has given you because the blessing is not in what you don't have. The blessing is what you do have in your hands right now. And if you will successfully take care of what's in your hands right now, God will bring about what's in your heart. Come on, anybody with me here at this church today? Come on, look at your neighbor and touch him there. Just give him an elbow shake there, elbow bump there. Come on, tell him you've got to be faithful. It's about faithfulness. So which are you? Which are you? Uh, this quote I ran across uh, a while back by Elizabeth Dole. She said this, listen to this. Life is not just a few years to spend on self-indulgence and career advancement. It is a privilege, a responsibility, a stewardship to be lived according to a much higher calling. Come on, we're owners of nothing but stewards of it all. Amen? So my second point, if you're taking notes, you can write down this, number two, stewarding is our responsibility. See, we're, we're in a beautiful partnership. God has the goods. God's got what we need. We're simply the stewards of that. If you turn over to Luke chapter 12 right quick, let me give you another passage of scripture here. Luke chapter 12. Now, this is another one of those great chapters of the Bible in the book of Luke. You know, the first part of Luke is talking about the parable of the rich, uh, the rich fool. Then it goes on in verses 22 through 31, talks about money and talks about possessions. Do you realize there's more in the Bible about your money and your possessions than pretty much any other topic in the whole kingdom? You think God cares about your finances, about your treasures? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. But I want you to look here in Luke chapter 12. Because he's talking about possessions. He's talking about storing up treasure upon the earth. He's talking about kingdom living here on this side of heaven. It's in verse 42. I'm just going to read verse 42. I'm going to go to the New Living Translation, though, just because it brings just a little bit more clarity to the meaning of this. In Luke chapter 12, verse 42, 43, verse 44, it says this. And the Lord replied, he said this, a faithful. Everybody say faithful. Come on, look at your neighbor right now and say, he's talking about me right now. A faithful, sensible servant or we could say steward, is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. That's some responsibility right there. You see that? Verse 43, if the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. Verse 44, I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all that he owns. Now, jump down to verse 48. There's more to it, but I just want to just grab the last half of verse 48. Verse 48, look at this. This is the last half. When someone has been given much, whoo, man, I wish I was up there preaching like Pastor Brown. I wish I was up there. I wish I was leading. The, I wish I could sing like Joe. I wish I could. He who has been given much, come on, finish it up with me. What? Much will You know, you leave that up there for just a moment. I just, I, I, the days of being here and God growing up in ministry, you always had this vision of just, man, a large church. Whoa, man, let's have, a, let's have a 2,000 people in church. You know what I forgot to realize? That the larger the church you have, the more responsibility is required, and the more people messes you have. Yeah, we run about 500 on an average weekend over at World Harvest over in the Enid right now. And it's just this kind of this lid. We just keep hitting 500 over a weekend. And you know what? I'm like realizing like this, the more people you have, the more problems you have. 
The bigger the church, the bigger the budget. It's just, and the scripture says, to as much has been given, much will be, come on, everybody say with me, be required. Be required. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. So in other words, the more of the master's goods that you have responsibility for, guess what? The more that's required of us. Wow. That's kind of a heavy thought. Church, we're getting ready here in a few months to move into a new building. Woohoo! <laughs> a lot more space. I did this six years ago in Enid. Boy, I was so excited on the front side. Boy, I wasn't prepared for the problems on the other side. Just more people, more problems. Let me tell you, I don't say that to discourage you. I say this. How well are we willing to steward what God gives us in this region of Oklahoma? Are we willing to stay at a one-talent level? Are we willing to go to a two-talent level? Or do we have a capacity to go to a five-talent level? We really don't know until we keep going, right? I embrace the philosophy in this, that as long as you keep pursuing God and following His will, you can go as high as the Lord will take you. I think many times we limit ourselves out so many times. Victory Center Church, how far are we willing to go to impact this region for the kingdom of God? To whom much has been given, what? Much is required. We are owners of nothing but stewards of it all. So whenever Tammy and I come over here to Guyman to stay, we stay at mom's house, of course. And so uh, my brother, Quentin, and Tricia up here in the front row, you know, so they were there also. So what happens when my older brother is here, he gets the big bedroom upstairs with the big bed. And so I'm stuck, Tammy and I are stuck in a little bitty twin bed. And so finally about 1130, I'm like, full, full. It, it, it could be just a singular, I don't know. It was way smaller than my king bed. <laughs> And so Tammy and I are so funny, you know, been married for 34 years. We love to cuddle, but the moment it's ready to go to sleep, it's like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. And so I'm hanging over on the edge of my bedside, and she's like, I can't sleep like this. So I get out, and I go to my sister's bedroom there, and, you know, still we got the same bedrooms we had back when we lived in the home. And so the window was up. Quentin had left the window. So I go over to, to shut the window down, and lo and behold, there was a truck out front in the driveway with some teenagers in it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are these kids doing out in the front? So I'm watching these kids, they're out there messing around and all, and you know, and I see this kid come running up to the door. I'm like, what is he doing? You know, he goes back, jumps in this truck, and then they take off. I'm like, what is going on with these kids out there? <laughs> and so when I got out of bed this morning, got out, you know, I, was like, I see this note sitting there on the porch, addressed to Pastor Margaret. So I think it was addressed to Victor. Is that Victor? Is that you? Victor, wave at us right quick here. This is Victor. I'm not going to embarrass you. <laughs> Victor, that's so cool. But you know, I want to bless you this morning. I want to, Victor, you, you, you like blessings? I want to bless you. Quentin, would you go give Victor $100? <laughs> this is my brother, Quentin. Quentin's going to give you a $100 bill. <laughs> Come on, let's give Victor a hand. Now, Quentin, what, why was it so easy to give him, Victor that $100 bill? So before service, I gave Quentin, my brother, a $100 bill, and I said, at some point, I'm going to have you give it to somebody. Why was it so easy? Because Quentin wasn't his $100 bill. <laughs> Quentin was simply the 
steward of that $100 bill. So he was so easily gave it up. So you think about that principle when it comes to stewardship in our life. If we really believe that God owns it all, that we're just a steward of it, why is it so hard for us to do what God asks us to do with his stuff? Because the reason why we've got this mentality, God, I'll give you your portion, I'll give you your 10%, but don't ask for anything else. God, I'll give you, I can't give 10% right now, but I'll give you a tip, you know? But don't ask for anything else. See, there's a difference in the way we think. Is what you have been given, is it yours? Or is it simply something on loan from God in that? And just as easily as my brother Quentin was able to, here, here, it wasn't his ever. He had the understanding. He was just a steward of that $100. And he was going to do what I, as the owner of that $100, as the master, wanted him to do with the, what was in his hands, right? So we have to ask ourselves the question, if we really love God, are we obedient to God? What are we doing with what we've been entrusted with? There's such a responsibility that we have when it comes to kingdom principles, the kingdom of God being built. What do we have in our hands? See, stewardship simply begins with what do you have in your hands at this moment? And let me tell you, church, you got to be wise with what you have in your hands right now. You, we, we need to be better at hearing the voice of God in our life than ever before. Amen? We as a church, as we transition into a new facility, we got to hear better than we've ever heard before. Come on, we need to have that heart of Moses, you know, where he said, God, I'm not going to go anywhere. We're not going to go anywhere unless you go. If you say stay, we're staying stay. When you say move, we're going to move. But we ain't going anywhere without you, Lord Jesus. You know, Tammy and I just shared just a few moments ago, you know, we'll be cele- we just celebrated 34 years uh, of marriage. And uh, so, you know, was talking, Justin got married last night and was talking about honeymoon. I mean, their honeymoon consisted of staying in a hotel in Guyman and then driving back to Tulsa for school tomorrow morning at Rama. You know, they're going to go on a honeymoon later. But when Tammy and I got married, it was pretty cool. We got married right here, right here in this platform. The longest wedding in history. Yesterday was the shortest wedding I've ever been to in my life. Ten minutes. Our wedding was an hour and 20 minutes long. My, one of my guys, he fainted up here because it was so long. That Charlie, I mean, he, Charlie's philosophy was, I'm going to put you together and you're going to stay together. And bless God, here we are 34 years later. It worked, right? <laughs> Not saying anything bad about Justin and Darby because, you know, it just, Holy Ghost really moved yesterday. We had to work it up back then. But anyway, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> so uh, for our honeymoon, we just went over to uh, the, the family's lake house for a week and then we went on a cruise, a Bahama cruise. Very cool, right? Except, I mean, anybody, what, you young people get married, would you like to go on a cruise? Anybody young people? Yeah, anyway, went on a cruise. Now, this is the catcher. Tammy's dad said, I'm going to send you and Tammy on a cruise, a week cruise to the Bahamas. We're like, woo! He said, this is the catch. He said, we're going with you. And I'm taking, looked at me and said, I'm taking Margaret and Charlie with us too. <laughs> so, both of our parents went with us on our honeymoon. <laughs> We got our own room, at least. <laughs> and it wasn't around their room, too. So we made sure that happened. Uh, but on a cruise, if you've ever been on a cruise, now this is back in the 80s. I, know, I don't know if times have changed or not. Now, I, I have never gambled. I'm not a gambler. But Tammy's dad, he always likes the slot machines. And so on this particular ship that had a little casino up at top, and so, you know, he's just killing time. So he goes up there, and, he, you know, we meet him in the hallway, and he's like, I don't know how much it was, like a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, I want a couple hundred dollars at slot machine. So he said, here, you guys take it and go see what you can do with it. 
And so we went up there, and I think we lost the $200 in a matter of 15 minutes. It was all gone. <laughs> and I'm looking at back of that. You know, that's a, a simple example of bad stewardship. <laughs> we were given $200, and we went and blew it all. So, you know, whenever God blesses you with something, don't blow it in the slot machines. That's not what I meant to say. But anyway... <laughs> In other words, we got to be faithful. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Let me give this to you real quick. Y'all are doing okay today? Everybody all right? Glad you came to church today. We're still going to start wrapping up here in just a moment. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Famous passage of Scripture. But seek first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek what? First. That's a matter of what? Priority. Seek first the kingdom of God. It's a matter of priority. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, his way of doing things. And all these things, what's the all things? I don't have time to set that passage up. The all things is the things that we need for our life, for our living. And all these things shall be what? Added unto you. You may want to write this down. When you take care of God's business, he will take care of yours. Let me say that again. When you take care of God's business, he will take care of yours. It's a matter of priority. So let me start wrapping this up here. Point number three, for the you guys that are taking notes, point number three is this. Being faithful with what you have produces miracles. Let me say that again. Being faithful with what you have produces miracles. When you look at the miracles of the Bible, pretty much every miracle starts with simply something that somebody had in their hands. You look at Moses standing for the Red Sea, the great parting of the Red Sea. Whenever Moses stood there, I was like asking God, God, how are we going to do this? What did God say? What do you have in your hands? You think about David out on the battlefield with Goliath. What did he have in his hands? Slingshot. Stone. In fact, King Saul tried to get him to fit into something that was not his. He tried to get him, you wear my armor, you take my sword. The victory that day didn't come from David using something that he didn't have, something he wasn't familiar with. The victory came that day because he simply used what was in his hands. You look at the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. The multitude that was fed that day, it all started, the great miracle started simply because of what the, they had. The Happy Meal, they had. The loaves and the fishes, the few little loaves. In other words, I really believe this. As we stay faithful with what we have in our hands now, we're setting up for miracles to take place. How are we as Victor Center Church going to move into a new building here in a few months how are we going to eliminate a two and a half million dollar possible debt to finish out the book? How are we going to do that? Let me tell you how we're going to. We're going to do what we can do with what is in our hands. And as we surrender to God, God will take what we have and he'll bless it to bring about the provision that's needed for the whole. But this is the thing we've got to understand. It takes us all praying and seeking God. God, what do you want me to do? And let me just encourage you in this. Next Sunday, Next Sunday, there's going to be a moment for us to respond to what God asks us to do as a church. And so for this next week, I want to encourage every one of us here today, you be praying about what God would have you to do next week to get 
onto the next level. See, I believe that as we steward what we've been given, we are tested regularly in that. I think of Pastor Margaret and Pastor Charlie. Many years ago, this is back when I was a little bitty kid, I don't remember all the details. I should ask mom before service, but I do remember this one particular time when Charlie was working for Pete Leslie on the ranch south of Perryton, Texas, there that I don't know how it was paid or anything. I just remember Charlie saying one time, oh my goodness, I got paid way too much. And of course, many people are like, woohoo, I got blessed. But Pastor Charlie, I remember he said, man, I can't take this. This is not, this is not our agreement. So he went back to his boss, said, hey, I think you made a mistake. You've overpaid me. Now, I remember the story. I've got the mic, so mom can correct it later if need to be, but I've got the microphone, so I'm going to tell it how I remember it. But Pete's response was this. I was simply testing your integrity. And he said, because you were faithful in this little area, I am now going to bless you with more. And he sent him on a trip to Hawaii. I'm like, God, why does that not happen to me? Because I was too young, they left us at home. So all Quentin and I had to do was pick on our sister Kim. That's all we did while they was gone in Hawaii, and we still do that today. Oh, Kim held her own pretty good, let me tell you. Why do I tell us that? Because we have, a, we have to steward. We, we have been given as a church the ability to steward something. Church, this ministry is not Pastor Margaret's, not Eugene's. This is us, all of us. Victory Center Church is us. I've heard Pastor Eugene say that many times. We've got a ministry to steward. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? Come on, the success of this ministry, yes, it depends on Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but guess what? Kind of like that little kid that was, you know, out fixing up his garden one day and a guy come walking by and the guy said you know what God has really blessed you with this garden hadn't he he said yes he has but you should have seen it before I got a hold of it here's a bunch of weeds <laughs> in other words it's about the partnership that we're in with God we're all in a partnership we're unified here those family online there's some reason you've come to church today there's some reason you're tuned in today there's some reason so there's a unified passion we all have to see God do something great in this part of Oklahoma. Let me tell you, there are people going to hell in Guyman today that needs Jesus. Who will take the message of Jesus to them? Come on, there are marriages today that will break apart. Before the end of the day, there will be marriages break up today in this region. Who will tell them that Jesus is the answer? Come on, there are people that are blind physically and figuratively people that can't walk physically and figuratively, who will tell them? Church, we've got tremendous responsibility to carry the ministry. Come on, our treasure. Our treasure. What God's blessed us with. Well, I don't have so much. I don't have as much as so-and-so over across the sanctuary. It's not about what you don't have. Come on, it's about what you got. Don't be one of these people that say, bad, bless God, pastor, whenever I win the lottery, I'm going to give the church a million dollars. Well, what are you doing with that dollar you got in your pocket right now? Are you honoring him with the dollar? Right? Come on, how about, how about your authority? We've all been given authority. 
you got to steward your authority. Come on, how many of y'all love Jesus today? Come on, how many of y'all love Jesus? Let me hear you. Come on. You know what? If you're a Jesus lover, you've got authority. Come on, you've got authority. You've got authority to pray. You've got authority to declare. And let me tell you, church, we need to be using that authority. Come on. Man, you got, we're, we're moving into a promised land where there's still some giants. Are we going to be grasshopper Christians? Or are we going to be people who say, bless God, man, let's go like Caleb said later on in his life. Give me my mountain, man. I don't care what's on that mountain. We're going to kick the devil's hiney out of here. Come on, we're going to kick the devil's hiney out of Guyman, Oklahoma. Come on, we're going to win some souls. We're going to see people get saved. We're going to see people getting delivered in Jesus' name. Come on, where are those people? Are those people here today? on, if that's you, if you're here today and you're willing to go to the next level with Jesus, I want you to stand to your feet. Come on, all across this sanctuary, if you're willing to go to the next level, to where God is taking you, come on, let's stand up on our feet here today. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. Are you willing to be that faithful steward? Are you ready to see miracles? Come on, anybody ready to see miracles in this house? Come on, one more time. How many of y'all ready to see miracles in this house? How many of y'all are ready to see miracles in your house? Yeah. Come on, how many of y'all are ready to see miracles in your business? Yeah. Amen. You know what it starts with again? It starts with what you got. Take your hands, put them out like this, right in front. Come on, everybody, put your hands out like this, right in front of you. Father, we come before you here at the end of this service this morning. Lord, we're your children. Lord, we're simply... Owners of nothing, but stewards of it all. So, Lord, here, just with our hands held in front of us, just symbolic of us holding everything you've blessed us with. Lord, we declare here today that it's yours. It's not ours. It's yours. And I want us to all say this together. Say, Father God, thank you for all you've blessed me with. But, Lord, it's not truly mine. I'm simply a steward of that. So, Lord, help me to steward it well. Help me to steward my time, my talents, my treasure, this temple that you've given me in my body. Help me to steward my testimony, Lord God. All that I have is yours. So, Lord, help me to hear well what you're asking me to do, what you bless me with. My life is yours. Now spend just a moment. Just keep your eyes closed for just a moment. I just want you to I want you to ask Jesus this question. Lord, what are you speaking to me through this message? What are you speaking to me through this message? I think there's some here today that Jesus is saying, come on, get busy. Get, serve somewhere. Get busy in the house of the Lord. I think he's saying, for some, I need you. I need your testimony. For some, he's saying that. Share your testimony. Or some, he may be saying, man, you need to get a hold of your eating habits. For some, he may be setting you up for next week saying, hey, I need you to prepare. I need you to sow next week. To give. What is that? Father, I just pray that in this moment with you, you speak to every heart. Speak to our lives today. Lord, we are grateful here today. We are grateful people today. Thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for this life that you've given us. Thank you for entrusting us with what you've given us. Lord, we're grateful. We're grateful for your blessings. We're grateful for your hand upon us. We're grateful here today.
Jesus' name. It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the Word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victory Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.